Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 22nd of May, 2022 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. It is good to be in your ears again. Sometimes we can feel restrained by cultural expectations, even without global pandemics. Acceptable behavior can be difficult to pin down at times, but At other times, it can be a bit more obvious. Today, we'll be listening to a story by Leslie from our September 2021 show that had the theme Same, Same, but Different, about a time when reality did not meet expectations. After Leslie, we'll re-listen to a story from Hyatt about going further than expected. Before we get to today's podcast, though, Hugs go out to our local Hong Kong listeners. We know the road has not been smooth of late, Hong Kongers, but hang in there. The only way is forward. Warm wishes go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular to listeners in Miami, Florida in the USA, Lockeren in Belgium, and Melbourne in Australia. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. I also have an announcement for our Student Story Slam. We postponed this event and now our patient students are going to be up on an actual stage in an actual theater performing their stories. Our theme for this year's competition is Silver Linings and this show will be live at the Macaulay Theater in Wan Chai on the 28th of May at 3 p.m. A limited number of tickets are available from the links on the website hongkongstories.com or on Eventbrite. Get them now if you want to come. Our postponed January show is also trying very hard to manifest itself. Our storytellers are just waiting for a venue confirmation, and we will be up and running. Details will be coming soon. Regular free workshops should commence soon, too. We're all a bit trepidatious that our social gathering rules are rather elastic and inclined to snap. But hopefully, we'll be seeing one another in a free workshop soon. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with the story from our September 2021 show that had the theme, Same, Same, but Different. Here is Leslie. A long time ago, when I was the mother of a baby boy, I was living in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Life was restricted, not only by the demands of a baby, but the oppressive rules in this very strict Islamic country. It's not an easy place to live. Women couldn't drive. Women have to cover their body shape. Women have to be accompanied by their husbands at all times. Alcohol is illegal. I spent my days on an expat housing compound. A trip to the supermarket was a highlight. But I maintain that the best part about Jeddah was being able to go snorkeling in the Red Sea. And this was possible on a private beach about an hour's drive away over an unmade desert road. 
And this private beach was merely a patch of sand with some concrete walls around it. But those walls meant that non-Muslim families like us could wear swimwear, enjoy the beach and the sea. But there was always the possibility of local men peeking over the side of the concrete wall to catch a glimpse of women in swimwear, a rare sight in Saudi Arabia. As I wasn't allowed to drive, I had to rely on my husband to take me places. And this particular morning, we'd planned to go to this private beach. The deal was that he'd look after the baby and I'd have some free time and go snorkeling. We had with us that morning a new couple. They were new to the country, new to the compound, new to snorkeling, but they were keen for an adventure. I felt somewhat responsible for them, but my ulterior motive was that I needed snorkeling buddies. It's not a good idea to go snorkeling alone regardless of the country. And so being more experienced, I had three rules for safe snorkeling. Rule number one, wear a t-shirt in the water because you can still get burnt. Number two, the coral is beautiful, but don't touch the red fire coral. It's razor sharp. It'll sting you. It's really painful. And number three, probably the most important, stay close. Stay together just in case one of us gets into difficulty. There are no lifeguards. They nodded, they seemed to listen. We got ourselves ready and waded out to the reef. I noticed at that point they weren't wearing t-shirts. Oh, hey-ho. It was always breathtaking to get to the edge of the reef and it, it drops away like this massive cliff but underwater. And it's, it's deep, deep blue sea, hundreds of exotic fish, colorful coral, the newbies were suitably impressed, and I'm being the experienced one, treading water, pointing things out, angelfish, pufferfish, clownfish. Great, isn't it, I say? And then, reminders, don't touch the red coral, don't touch the fire coral, stay close. Okay. So I could relax, I was snorkeling, relaxing, looking around, oh, so nice. I look around and I couldn't see them. They'd forgotten to stay close. There were other people around, but far away, and the swell of the ocean meant I couldn't really see anybody. So finding myself alone, I thought, best swim back. Those concrete walls are essentially to keep voyeurs from looking over, but it didn't take that much determination to swim from the public, from the private beach around the end into the private part. And that's what three unwelcome males had done. They saw me and zoomed in on me, the lone unaccompanied female. It was, it seemed like a tease. When they got close to me, I couldn't really see where they were. Were they behind me? Were they at the side of me? And then there was these touching on my legs. Um, was it them? Was it fish nibbling at me? Or I, I couldn't really see them. It was a bit intimidating. I'd been in the water for a while now, and I was getting tired. Oh, maybe they're just enjoying the sea the same as me. So I carried on. And then... 
through a shoal of clownfish popped the strangest of marine life. This pale pink fish, hairy at one end, was poking out of the leg hole of a man's shorts. He pulled the fabric to one side and was waggling his erect dick as close as he dared to my, my snorkeling mask. I lurched back, shocked, spluttering on seawater, treading water. It was too deep to stand up to try to see where this human male was swimming. And there he was, heading back to his friends. It was deep, but there was a rock. I found a rock, and I raised myself up, and I blasted him with all the expletives I could muster, you dirty fucking bastard. I don't speak Arabic, but it didn't hold me back. He heard me. He just cast a nonchalant glance over his shoulder, like he was offended at my verbal abuse. Maybe he thought I'd like to see his erect penis under the water. Maybe it was his way of introducing himself. If I'd hung around long enough, maybe he'd have given me his number. <laughs> so there I was on a rock in the middle of the Red Sea. What to do but make my way back. I swam in and it got to the shallow bit and I could stand up, turned around. Behind me there was five people coming in. Two of them, my unreliable snorkeling buddies, and three, the other three, the pervy men. As the couple got close to me, I could see their arms and legs and hands and feet were cut and bleeding. Oh, they touched the red fire coral. And they got closer. Who are those blokes, they said. I tried to keep the irritation out of my voice. They're the reason I asked you to stay close. They're the reason I said stay together. Oh, we thought they were friends of yours. Exasperated, I turned to see if they had followed us onto the beach. And they had. And at this point, all three of them were sort of lounging in the shallow water. All three of them obvious bulgers in their wet swimming costumes. Not exactly exotic fish. Same, same, but different. <laughs> Thank you. There are plenty of fish in the sea, but not all of them are benevolent. Cultural clashes like fire coral are not always easy to avoid. If you'd like to know more about telling a great story, check out our website at hongkongstories.com. Now, have a listen to Hyatt's story about her decisions and their consequences. I never stray too far from the sidewalk. I learn to play on the safe side so I don't get hurt. These two lines of Kelly Clarkson lyrics pretty much describe how I live my life. So I always make rational choices. I'm always well-planned. And all this lead to a stable professional job and a long-term relationship in my mid-twenties. Our future looks very promising. We'll go on to work long hours pay most of our income on either rent or mortgages. How exciting. 
But do I really want to live my life like this? Probably not. But what do I really want? I don't know, because everyone else seems to want that. So I want to take a break from all this well-planned life. I quit my job, and I ended the relationship. On the first Valentine's Day that I'm legally single, <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> um, I'm so afraid to go out and people asking me where's your boyfriend. So I stayed at home all day. And I go on the internet, had a glass of wine, book a trip to Antarctica. <laughs> I click on a lot of buttons saying that I don't have allergy, I don't have a heart disease, and I saw this option to add a hundred euros for a kayaking tour, and I clicked yes. I never kayaked before. <laughs> I could barely pronounce the word kayak back then. <laughs> it seems to be a water sport, and I can swim. It's fine. <laughs> Fast forward one month later, I arrive at Antarctica, and when you arrive there, it's not like you go through an immigration line. There's no one there. Your passport don't get stamped. It's just open water <laughs> with. Iceberg and snowy mountains, and maybe some wells at the horizon, and that's it. You arrived. I was so overwhelmed by all the blue, different shades of blue, and the sky and the ocean. Oh, I arrived. My heart is now clear of work and relationship. I'm a new person. Attention, kayakers! Attention, kayakers! Oh shit! I'm the kayaker. I sign up. Why did I do that? So, the cruise is like more than a hundred passengers, and the majority of them are Caucasian. And as I walk into the briefing room for the kayakers, I notice that I'm the only Asian and the smallest person in the room. Everyone else look like they're so chilled and they have kayak before. <laughs> As the kayaking guide tour,、um, the the tour guide, he was explaining the rules and the gears to us, and I was like, "It's getting serious. What what do I do? Should I just leave the room?" But I have all the reputation of Asians on my shoulders. <laughs> I can't chicken out. Well, I just need to track one guy to be my partner. Then I saw this. Guy standing next to me. He's tall, athletic-looking, and he seems to be kayak before. He told me he's from Bulgaria. I've no idea where it is, <laughs> and I still don't. I can only associate with the jewelry brand Bulgari. <laughs> he doesn't look stylish, though. He's the kind of quiet kind of guy, and I asked him to my partner, and he didn't know how to say no. So <laughs> we、uh, left the room and put on our gear: the wetsuits, the spray skirt, the gloves, and life jacket. And then we go on to、um, the zodiac. Zodiac is a kind of rubber boat that is more quiet than、uh, we do that. On Antarctica water, and we tied all our boats、um, to the zodiac, and we go to the open water. 
Then from the open water, we have to, you know, cross into our boat. And the kind of boat that we have is the one with two holes in it. You have to slide your legs, which I later find out that in Hong Kong, in order to rent that kind of boat, you need to have a license. <laughs> and still, I can't tell anyone that I haven't kayak before. Luckily, because I'm so small um, among them, like I, I'm, I'm okay in Hong Kong. But when I was there, I feel like a dwarf. Um, and when I cross into my boat, I feel like somebody just leave me there. Can't be bothered. You're so small. Just get in there. And I got my pedal, and I was like, "Okay, this is it." Put on my spray skirt. But then there's another problem. It's really cold. It's Antarctica summer, but as you can imagine, Antarctica summer is not exactly warm. It's zero to five degrees Celsius. It's much colder than even this room. And uh, it can change drastically uh, as it rains or snow. So I can't even tell how cold it is at that point of time. My toes were freezing. It's like the frozen spell from Elsa coming from your toes all the way up. And okay, what do I do? My toes are freezing. Should I go back to the cruise? How can I endure these freezing toes and this icy cold water for two hours? I can't kayak even. And what if I have to pee? <laughs> But then I would be the Asian who go back to the cruise. <laughs> okay. Then the Bulgarian guy was saying, "It's okay." He finally talked, right? <laughs> It's okay. Uh, as you pedal on, then you'll warm up. So we pedal. Ah, our boat is going fast. Oh, it's so nice. I can pedal. I can kayak. It's so nice as I see all the penguins swimming by. Yeah, <laughs> they're really cute. I make that noise too. But then the the kayak stops. Ah, why? Oh, he's taking a picture, putting down the pedal. <laughs> so all my pedaling didn't make a difference. But it's okay. We pedal on, and all of a sudden, everybody stop. Look, there whales! Oh, the whales came to visit. The guy told us not to uh, chase them, not to approach them, as if I can. But um, they are just checking us out. So we stop there. We park our boat um, in the open water, and the whales just. Go swim around us. It was so magical. Everything is so perfect. I see mountains in the background, and then the whales checking us out. Everything is like a Discovery Channel video, and I'm inside of it. And then we move on to um, another corner of that open water, and we saw a lot of iceberg, and they are like sculpture by the nature, like Edward Caesar's hand. But some of you are not old enough to understand. But it was so beautiful. And then, wah, 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 wah. we crashed into one of the iceberg. What to do? Will I, will I die here? It's like my only reference of iceberg is Titanic. <laughs> And Bulgarian guy not gonna sacrifice himself to save me. <laughs> But then we pedal backwards, mostly him. 
and we got out of the iceberg. Oh, okay, he saved my life. And then wow, 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 we we crashed into another iceberg. And then wow, another iceberg. Wow, kayaking in Antarctica is so dangerous. <laughs> But then all these things um, coming to an end. Two hours out, we're getting back to our cruise. And I find out that Bulgarian guy intentionally crashed me into the iceberg. <laughs> he just couldn't tell me that he didn't want to pair up with me. Um, <laughs> and so that I would make the screaming noise, which some of the other kayakers thought it was penguins and that it was me. Um, and then as we go back, we brag about what we saw, the whales and the penguins. And then this lady came to congratulate us on our journey. And I was like, you were in the tour, aren't you? You, you were there in the briefing room. Oh, I went back because my toes were too cold. Oh, I thought of that as well. If I were the person that I was, so well-planned, so rational, I would have gone back because that's the most rational decision. But then I didn't. In, if I did, then I would miss out the most wonderful journey in my life. So sometimes being irrational gives you the most beautiful memories. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.